Hello, and welcome to episode 1214 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, September 8th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Thank you to your Tigers. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. You're quite welcome. What What are you thanking my <laughs> beloved team for? Uh, beating there? up on Carlos Rodon and helping yeah. me gain some ground in my main. And uh, yeah, it's, it's we're at the time of year where it always astonishes me just how much the standings move at this point in the time yep. uh, point of the year. Um, but it's also like, it's nerve wracking and exciting. And uh, I just, you know, chasing down championships and uh, yeah, I needed the, I needed the tigers to come through. Uh, they came through rode on for me Big uh, for some folks. And of course, crushed some other folks people starting mm-hmm. carlos rodon you can't really blame them for starting rodon he was coming off a decent start facing the tigers you know the tigers been hitting better here in september but they're still not a team that i'm running away from you still got to start all of your kind of upper tier streamers and so even though rodon is not a set it and forget it he's definitely somebody i'm streaming and yeah. so to see him go out there and give up seven that has to be really tough for the people who started him but folks like you who are behind somebody who started him doing jump you're jumping for joy off of that spencer torkelson two more homers up to 27 i've just been i've been really enjoying watching the club the last uh you know basically the second half as you're starting to see some things really mold sucks to lose riley green when he got hurt with the elbow injury but that green torkelson carpenter trio that kind of ran the middle of the summer there a lot of fun and i'm excited about where the tigers are headed we're going to talk some call-ups today, and then we're going to really get into some two-steps. First big two-start weekend in a or week coming up in a while. I think we've had really short lists recently. This one has a lot of big questions, especially because as we kind of come down the stretch, there's some question marks here that that become or guys that weren't question marks are into question mark territory because of the way they've performed and now with such little time left are you taking the risk so we got to get into all of it but let's talk about some more call-ups some more interesting prospects here in the majors jordan lawler is up for the arizona diamondbacks i'm getting a chance to you know get a little cup of coffee heading into next year when he's expected to be a a piece of the team i'm not sure if he's going to break camp of course if he has a Big spring, I could see it. He had a huge two-level season at double and triple A. Jordan Lawler, somebody you're looking to pick up this weekend for these final few weeks? Yeah, I think especially if you need some stolen bases. Uh, I I don't think the power is going to play real well in Arizona necessarily, but um, I think if he he plays full-time, I think the real question is, like, is he playing full-time over – uh, Perdomo uh, is, you know, uh, is someone going to transition to third base or is Perdomo going to become the utility Perdomo infielder? Perdomo might, might be the one going to third. That's where he was yesterday on Thursday uh, when Lawler started and they batted eight, nine, Lawler, eight, Perdomo, nine there uh, at short and third. I think it makes a lot of sense to have those two there. You know, I don't know if Lawler is going get to get any third himself or if it's straight up short for him. Um, you know, maybe they could have them kind of alternate there. I don't know how that's going to work, but I do think that Waller should play consistently. And the DFA of Nick Ahmed, um, you know, because as great as his, great as his glove is, Perdomo and Waller kind of got got it now. And so yeah. he's DFA. That kind of clears the path. There's no real reason that Waller and Perdomo should be playing pretty much all the time. You know, Evan Longoria can DH some here. I'm not sure he really needs to play down the stretch. They're still fighting, obviously. They got mm-hmm. they got things to work for here. So if Waller is struggling, I don't think they can play him. But you want to give him a shot. He's trying to maybe be an infusion 
uh, of some offense for them, you know, because they're still they have a tight uh, a light handle, I should say, on that wild card spot with the Marlins and Reds just a half game back. Your Giants two and a half back. So I think it's one of those where I'm picking up Waller. I'm interested, especially like you said, if he needs steals, 36 steals this year in the minors, and. I, I don't want to go too high, though, because I do think he is going to play kind of like two-thirds, three-quarters of the time for, for a Lawler. Yeah, yeah so, I, um, I agree. Okay, so look for him this week, Jordan Lawler. That's L-A-W-L-A-R, by the way. Don't look it up uh, with the E-R there. Might confuse some folks. Let's move on to Evan Carter in Texas. Oh, my God, how bad are the Rangers playing lately? Like They cannot buy a win. The guys that are win days for them are not lately. Adelise Garcia get got hurt, which I, I told you, didn't I? <laughs> I told you not to pick that guy. And where is he when you need him most? Yeah, he's abandoned you in the I'm stretch I'm, run. I'm pretty sure I, I pretty sure you can put that one on the board for old Sporer here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at his injury. I'm laughing at my own dumbass self for uh, for getting one so horribly wrong on on Adelise Garcia. 34 homers, 100 ribbies, 97 runs. That'll do. You know, yeah. that'll do. That, that's a little bit of the that'll do pig. Not calling him a pig. That's a babe reference. If you get it, you get it. Only eight steals, and I've memed on that as well, saying he only got you eight steals. Again, I told y'all. No, he had an amazing year. I'll tell you what, though, I'm going to triple down. I'm not buying him again next year. I still don't think he's a very good player. I'm a dumb piece of shit. But he did hurt his knee, and that sucks, by the way. I'm not, again, not laughing at the injury, but he did hurt himself. Um, are you cutting at least Garcia with these strained patellar tendon? I think I am kind of waiting and seeing this weekend. And maybe if we get more news that says, hey, he's not going to, he's going to miss at least. I don't know the next two weeks, but he's going to miss 10 days and we ten only days have, way. yeah, <laughs> easy cut. The answer is yes. Oh man. That's have brutal. To. I know. Yeah. Of course it, it's very difficult, but I don't know how you hold anybody that isn't pretty much. I mean, I say pretty much the top of the scale guy. The counter would be, well, at least Garcia has been a top of the scale guy this year. Yes. But what I mean is more of like the first round dynamic, you know, uh, let's say something. No, actually I don't want to put it out there. Something happened to one of those guys, but like, you know, one of the guys that we're talking about as a first rounder there, I think somebody like Adelise Garcia, as great as he's been, as wrong as he's made me, I think you got to I think you got to cut. I mean, 10 days left out of the season, even if he's back in the minimum. Uh, yeah. wh why? Why? You got to go for somebody this week. And maybe one of the guys that we're going to talk about here, Evan Carter. Let's talk about him getting called up. Big time prospect um, could could be a pretty interesting bat. He's, he was the 32, 32nd ranked prospect coming into the year. Spent most of the year at AA, which, by the way, I didn't really mention Lawler's split of, of the season. It was 89 games at, at AA, 16 at AAA, um, and then gets up to the majors. Carter's even even more disparate there, 97 at AA, only 8 at AAA. Got a week. They said, you know what? We need you. You hit the ground running there. Come on up to the majors. What can Evan Carter do for folks? Could he be a reasonable Adelise Garcia replacement for them. Should, should the Adelise Garcia folks just go for Evan Carter? I mean, not if you're trying to replace his actual like numbers, right? Because Garcia is a power with speed guy. Um, and Carter is an on base percentage, you know, with speed guy. Uh, so you're not going to get very much power from Evan Carter at all. Uh, and I assume he's going to hit the bottom of the lineup, though he does have a really good on-base percentage. I mean, he's had double-digit walk rates and sometimes 
really high double digit yeah. uh, walk rates all throughout the minor leagues. So, I mean, there is, I'm really interested to see where he hits in the lineup this week. Me too, because sorry to interrupt you, Garcia's vacating the four spot. Of yeah. course, you can move Garver up there, who, who's cooking this year. Himes at, at six, so Garver, Heimer right there. They could move up one, but then maybe even Carter at six uh, would work. But I wonder if maybe they even let him kind of get in one of those four or five spots there because Carter gets on base so much. He doesn't have the power, like you said, but the OBP is definitely there. I wonder if maybe there's a world where he hits even higher, Does maybe push Seager to third put Carter at two. I, I don't know. I don't know how much they want to trust uh, such a young player. He is a lefty, so I don't know if they would want to go three straight lefties there with uh, yeah. Harris, Seager, Nathaniel Lowe. But I don't know that he's going to have to be in the bottom third. I think there's a world where he can be kind of in that five or six range for Evan Carter. Like you said, he's not going to replace Adelise's power, but maybe it's a world where you got enough power. And because Adelise Garcia did not quite run as much with only eight steals, maybe Carter can kind of fill in these last few weeks and give you some stolen bases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, if you're looking for some speed um, and maybe some batting average because he's got a decent hit tool, uh, yeah. then it makes sense. And on base percentage leagues, he's a, definitely a must pick, pick up mm -hmm. uh, because of his ability to walk it. You know, like he could probably walk at a 15% rate um, in, in the majors. So, uh, but he, he, while he is a top tier prospect, he's kind of a, a high floor, low ceiling guy, okay. um, which means I think he's going to, be good but i don't think he's ever going to be a star um and and that's that's that was like uh eric's tag on him the uh, the tldr yeah. too long didn't read carter has plus soft skills but doesn't have the power for stardom so some of those ancillary yeah. skills which i believe i is one of those uh quote unquote soft skills which can certainly sustain you but does not drive you into another level of quality and if you don't have that power you, you're going to be capped and but he can be a good not great player evan carter yeah. for texas Obviously, different skill set, but it reminds me a lot of kind of like Riley Green. Like Riley Green was like a top five, ten prospect, but it was more because he was a guy that people weren't really afraid was going to miss, uh, and not so much like he's not going to be a future first rounder or anything like that. Yeah, like you look at at Green this year: eleven homers, seven steals in uh, in four hundred sixteen plate appearances. Even if you extrapolate that out at that exact same rate. That's not that's not exactly talking first round, like you said, but maybe one of those guys who can kind of consistently live in the fourth to sixth round area for a bit as a high quality player. And maybe Evan Carter can kind of be a little bit shy of that. Depends how much he runs, but still be an interesting fantasy player without being a fantasy star. Maybe, so keep an maybe eye like on a, maybe a, like a Nimo actually steals. There you go. I like that because yeah. the on base uh, and yeah. hopefully maybe a little bit better health. Thankfully, Nimmo. Yeah. I think Nimmo stayed healthy this year. Has he? Yeah, he's Honestly. been great. He's been great for my for my main. I got him really really cheap because he was coming in with an injury, mm -hmm. um, and he missed like the first couple weeks. Uh, but he's oh, yeah, been he's fantastic, a brilliant year. Yeah. Yes, he is. Three fifty nine OBP, twenty seven homers, only three for six on the bases. But again, that ship has sailed. We don't really go for Nimmo for steals anymore. But he's had a great year. I feel like you know. It's hard to hide New York, right? But I feel like all of their shit's been underrated this year because of how bad the team has been and how much they've underwhelmed against expectations. Just as a quick aside, are you familiar with just how great Kodai Senga's been all year? Yeah, he's been really, really good. And just like kind of under the radar completely, which again is very difficult to do as a premier Japanese uh, player coming it, over it, because he was in so, New York. He was so shaky at the beginning of the season. I know. 
um, and, you know, and the Mets have been awful. So that's, like, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, they, they suck. And so they just kind of off in their corner, both New York teams, really, obviously there's been, you know, talk of, of how bad they are and kind of wallowing in that or la laughing at it. If you're an anti New York player uh, person, but some of their player performances have really gone under the radar. And I was looking at Senga yesterday. I was like, damn, he's had an excellent year and the walks are still there, but 30, 29% K rate with an 11% walk rate. I can live with the 11% walks, especially if you give up under seven hits per nine. So a 123 whip is palatable there for Senga. But anyway, I, I got I got Nimmo in the 16th round, my man. That's a nice scoop, man. Yeah, that that's that's it was yeah. for 22 bombs and and that kind of consistent OBP. It's only translated to 77 runs because of the Mets. Imagine if they had done yeah. their job, that could have been like. I don't want to say pick of the year, but that could have been a game-changing pick. As it is, it was a great pick to get Nimmo there. Um, and like you said, he was dealing with something which with his history kind of scared people off. But Nimmo's one of those guys who it's only about health. The skills are are locked. He, he has proven time and again that he is a fantastic player. He just needs to stay upright. And he stayed mostly healthy this year, 133 games, going to get his second straight 600-point appearance season for Brandon Nimmo. Let's move over to San Diego and talk about Eggy Rosario. I remember when I called him E-Guy the very first time we talked about him because his name is E-G-U-Y. And why wouldn't I think that that was E-Guy? But it's Eggy, which is awesome. Uh, he's headed up to the majors. Now, he's had a... a tough year he lost most of it to injuries only played 45 games he was somebody who was on the radar prior to that because we thought maybe he could come up and and be something this year now he gets a chance at least to get a little cup of coffee here uh six homers four steals in those 45 games but four for nine on the basis so really tough year on the basis uncharacteristically he's not usually this horrendous he was 21 for 29 last year eggy rosario but are you interested in rosario in san diego as a call-up anywhere uh Probably not. I just don't know where he's going to play. Like, yeah, I, it seems like bench is, is yeah. really all, all he can do. Right I mean, uh, um, when you've got, you know, Soto and Tatis in the corners in the outfield and, you know, Grisham, you know, for all his struggles offensively, still a really good still defensive a great defender. player. Uh, and then, you know, Machado has been DHing. So what Matthew about, Batten. What about third, though, for Batten? Eggy can play third. What like does Matthew Batten need to keep starting? He's playing very well, by the way. I, yeah, I, I don't mean to clown on Matthew Batten. He's he's made the most of his PT here, but couldn't Eggy find an angle in there? He could, but I just don't think it's going to be full time. I mean, Machado is yep. still going to play third, and they're going to rotate guys in at the DH when Machado's uh, playing third. So uh, I I just don't think there's enough PT down the stretch for Rosario to make a difference. Yep, I agree. That's really tough on, on Eggy. If he starts to play more, we can maybe pivot. But right now, I think he's definitely the lowest on this list of Lawler, Carter, and Rosario. Uh, let's talk about a couple Marlins injuries. These are coming at a really tough time. I mentioned they're a half game out of that wild card chasing Arizona. And they lose their best pitcher. Well, actually, no, he has not <laughs> been their best pitcher this year. Not even necessarily close to it. Their highest profile pitcher, uh, Sandy Alcantara, to a flexor strain. We have maybe some concerns about this beyond this year. How did this news hit your ear with Sandy Alcantara going down? Uh, to be quite honest, the first I'm hearing about it, I, I totally oh, missed okay. it. Um, yeah, when so did it happen? It happened Wednesday. Okay. Right, right forearm flexor strain. And... We know those are scary. Those can be precursors to TJ. Yeah. They can be nothing. There are plenty that have been. They spent the two weeks. They came back all good. 
but there have been plenty of others where it is the beginning of kind of un, an, an unraveling of the health that eventually leads to TJ. Where do your concerns lie here with Alcantara going forward? He's an easy cut. There, there's, I don't see any reason to hang on to him um, because he can't return until September 19th at the earliest. So that's an easy cut for Sandy Alcantara. So let's spin it forward to next year. Where are you at on Alcantara? Obviously, you need to get the news, but let's say you were doing a draft today for 24. Would you even take Alcantara? Uh, not where he's going to end up going. Um, let's say if it's five rounds less than his ADP. Whatever you think that ADP is going to be, let's say he's still back in like, I don't know, the sixth round. Because like, you know, he, he had an underwhelming <laughs> season relative to expectations, but 414 ERA, 121 whip in 185 innings with 151 Ks. Certainly wasn't terrible. People are still going to be interested. What do we think? Like fifth to seventh round area? Well, I can tell you I'm in a mock draft right now for Tours. Okay. Um, and he has not gone. We're in the, we I think in the middle of the fourth round right now. Um, I don't think he would be he he's not one of my like top three or four pitchers, and that was before or left. Um, and you know, and that was before the injury. So I mean would you take Alcantara in the tenth? Right. Don't now? think so. Okay, so that's like 150 picks deep. So yeah. you got some concerns here. Of course, it's really difficult to answer this until we know what's up. I get that. That's why I kind of really pinned it on to, like, if you're doing a draft today. Um, this is nerve-wracking. Obviously, if you're in any sort of keeper format, you don't have to deal with this right now. Uh, I do think it's an easy cut everywhere, though, and not great news for the Marlins. Even though he hasn't been great this year, you still don't want to replace him with some minor leaguer. You still want his consistent six, seven innings of, of pretty solid work. He does have a couple four earned run outings recently, but eight innings, uh, two earned last time out. It was four runs. They were actually two unearned, but either way, they, they're going to miss Alcantara and we'll have to keep tabs on what's going on with his injury status for next year. They also lost Jorge Soler, who has arguably been their best hitter. And he had a huge, you know, rebound year this year. Pop in 35 homers, a 842 OPS is good for a 126 OPS plus, and that hurts. That hurts very badly for their chances. I think he's another kind of easy cut here with the oblique. What do you think of Jorge Soler? Uh, are you cutting him first off? I think so. I mean, typically oblique injuries take four to six weeks to come back from, so like that would effectively end the season. Um, so I, I think he's a pretty easy cut. Uh, and you just kind of move on and go pick up. I mean, if you're looking for a power replacement, maybe you go pick up like a Jack Swinsky or, or someone like that who maybe got a little bit more of volatile uh, profile, but can definitely go on a heater and try to catch a, that lightning. Yeah, yeah. Four or five home runs the rest of the way. So, what are you um, doing with Solaire next year then? Big year. Mm -hmm. Look good. We knew he had big boy power. Miami, the park never really bothered me with him. It's just his volatility in general. He did his breakout in KC, right? So he can mm -hmm. he can hit homers out of Miami standing on his head. Great, great season. Is it enough to get you kind of back in on him? I don't think the price is going to skyrocket on Solaire. It's going to be higher than it was last year easily because yeah. he was an afterthought. But even a high-level Solaire pick is what? 160, 150? He might be going in those yeah. top 10 rounds at most, right? I think, and I think that's probably where he deserves to go. If if he's going cheaper than that, I think I'll be in. If he's going in that spot, I don't know. It's the hard part is it's all about health with Jorge Soler. Yeah, and so like you're you're 
putting a lot of eggs into his basket of health. And I, that's just not something he's been able to do consistently over the course of his career. You know, if he Wait, literally up, never, by the way, ne yeah. never back to back fully healthy seasons. So, so and he wasn't I, even fully healthy this year. This yeah. is not his first injury. So like 126 games this year, we're, we're already seeing it with Solaire to just to, just to underscore your point there. Yeah. So I think I'll, I'll probably be out on him depending on where the price is. Uh, but there might be a lot of people who feel the same way as me and that could drive down his price. And if I can get him around like 180 or two pick 200, then I'm going to be really interested because at that point you're going to be dropping a lot of those guys anyways. Uh, so uh, yeah. I'm, I'm totally fine with taking the gamble and hoping that, you know, he can stay healthy for another 120 games or something. Yeah. That, that, Cause that's, you need at least, 120 130 from Solaire to really to really get a quality season by the way just day-to-day -day injuries i thought he had an il stint earlier it actually is just some small day-to-day -day yeah. things um, he's been great he, I mean, he was mostly healthy excellent player this year jorge Solaire. uh sucks to end it on an injury but yeah i think you got to cut him and move on there when the absolute hell did jerks and profar get back to san diego i i don't know I, I I saw a note related to how San Diego was going to pick him. I'm like, you can just take players from other teams. Wait, what? When did he get there? I have no idea. So uh, he joined the Padres on on a minor league deal on September 1st after being let go by the Rockies. Totally missed that. Do you have any inch? I know we just talked about Eggy Rosario finding playing time, so I know you're probably going to say the same thing about Profar. But yeah. he's a guy they had last year who did really well for them. Do you think that he could squeeze out Eggy even further? Does the fact that Profar is going to be called up hurt Eggy's playing time even more? I think it hurts both of them. Like, right? Like, I think they're they're all battling for you know very limited playing time to begin with. So yeah, I, I just yeah, I've got no real interest in uh, either guy at this point. Uh, I mean, we have to remember that you know Kim was not the player he was last year that he is this year and, and that's, that's right. why Profar was able to find a lot of playing time uh and so i mean unless Profar is going to play some first uh cooper's been cooking though but yeah cooper's been great um i just think you know cronenworth you know probably i think done for the season he's right? done for the so, year if i recall correctly um yeah and there's you know, like broken wrist or i can't remember exactly what it was but i'll look at uh, it but I just, I don't know with Kim there. Like, I don't know where he finds yeah. playing time. Fraction so. risk. And I agree. And, um, you know, can we use this moment just to brag on Kim and 17 homers, 31 steals? Mm -hmm. It's a guy we've loved from day one. So I'm, I'm taking a, I'm taking a show victory lap on him, even though I didn't have him in only but one league this year. I wish I could have gotten him in the main. I got, I got him in my DCs, um, and he's been great. Uh, we loved him from day one. He took some time. You know, the first year was pretty modest. Even last year was like fine, but not game changing. But for his price, he was fine. And then this year, the full breakout: seventeen homers, thirty-one steals, two seventy-one average, three sixty-one if you play OBP leagues, seventy-seven runs. Another season like Nimmo's that's kind of soured by the team underwhelming because that's a hundred-run season if they play up to their potential yeah uh, so that's kind of a bummer from kim's standpoint but of course you're very happy with everything you got from him let's move into the two starts because we do have a lot this week 
like I said, as we get deeper here and come down the stretch, you got to make tougher decisions and maybe not starting guys as blindly. So let's start with Baltimore going in team order here. Uh, Baltimore, Dean Kramer and Kyle Gibson get St. Louis and Tampa Bay at home. Not easy matchups. I've been beating this drum all year. St. Louis sucks record-wise. They still have an offense that can get you be careful. What are you doing with Kramer and Gibson? I kind of pair them because I think if you're starting one, you're probably starting the other. I'd be surprised yeah. if you felt terribly differently about one over the other. But what do you think of Kramer and Gibson? I mean, Kramer's been great in the second half. He has a 286 ERA in 56 and two-thirds innings. Uh, both these starts are at home, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is a big deal, especially for him, because Kramer tends to have a home run problem. So I think I'm starting both guys in both you know for for this two-step and kind of hoping and praying that those cardinals bats don't wake up on him but man <laughs> nolan gorman right now is on fire and he's usually kind of like the up and down part of this lineup uh and so it, i can understand wanting to skip it but i i think at home in a lot in in 12s and 15s i'm starting in 10s i think it depends on my other matchups yeah, I think I think tens they're on the table if you really have mm -hmm. to go for it, but you're trying to you're trying to avoid these guys. Yeah. You know, Gibson hasn't been great with a five twelve ERA, but he's piling up the dubs. And you know, I guys you guys know I've been whining about wins for quite some time. He has an American League high fourteen. I would definitely start somebody like this just because I'm so desperate for wins. Uh, and Baltimore has supported him very nicely. You talk about Gorman, and I know we just kind of have incidentally talked about three of the bigger disappointing teams that have had hidden seasons. I would say this is St. Louis's 27 homers, yeah. seven steals, and a you know palatable 236 average. You're not loving that, but you're certainly not dying from it either. I think Gorman's gone a bit under the radar because of how shitty the Cardinals have been. So uh, Nimmo, Kim, and Gorman, a little bit different flavor there too. You got a veteran, you got a guy that's kind of in the middle of the two, and then you got a young guy that have all kicked ass on really terrible teams. So maybe they've been a little bit hidden how great they've been. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you had to pick one Kramer or Gibson, would who Kramer. do you favor? Okay, yeah, me Kramer, too. yeah. Me too. Cutter Crawford and James Paxton. I shouldn't even put James Paxton on here. It's funny to even do that to people. Um, kind of mean, I, I would say, because there's no universe where I would start him. But Yankees at home and at Toronto. Let's talk more Cutter Crawford here. Unless you think you can start Paxton, but I am so terrified of him that I could never. Um, do, are, am I wrong on that? Would you start Paxton given where he's at right now? Man. Um, he's been fully brutalized brutal. in three straight including at KC last time. Like yeah. at Dodgers in Houston, you give them a little break, but then at KC, you're like, come on, man. That was the worst of the bunch. Yeah, and I mean, the velocity has been down uh, throughout the last uh, few starts. You have to wonder, like, you know, he he's missed so much time. Th there's no way. I can't think he's hurt. I have to. I think he's just out of gas. Like well, that, that's fair too. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. It might not even be hurt. It might just be fatigue. Yeah, a, as you say. Um. So, yeah, I think I'd probably pass on uh probably both these guys. You know, Sp passing on Paxton there. But let's talk a little bit more on Cutter Crawford, who also he might also be running out of gas. Tampa Bay and Houston worked him over his last two starts. He was pretty good against the Dodgers. Five innings, two runs, seven Ks. That was three starts ago though. So you're probably passing on Crawford here. You say. Yeah, I think I'm passing on Crawford too. You know, I mean, I, I know that Toronto hasn't been the 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 offense we thought it would, and the Yankees are definitely not the offense no. we thought they were. But you know, the Yankees have got a little in you know infusion of talent uh, mm -hmm. from some of those younger guys. Judge is back. I just you know Bichette, I think is gonna you know should be back today. So I just I, I think there's too much danger with both of these stars. I think I'm passing on both. 
There's definitely some danger there. I like Crawford with the Orioles, personally. So I'm a little bit higher on Crawford. I, I got him in that group there. I think I would go Kramer, Crawford, Gibson right now. So that's where I'm at. Justin's off of Crawford. He puts them below those two right now. Neither of us are starting Paxton. He should not even be on your roster, folks. You do not want to take that risk. Even if he were to somehow turn around and like do well against New York, I could not see myself starting Paxton even against Toronto uh, at that point. Jordan Wicks, the rookie for the Cubs, has looked pretty nice. The skills have not been flashy, but the results certainly have been. He has a trip to Colorado uh, along with a trip to Arizona. It's a really difficult two-step, but he also has some support here. He's 3-0 and in three starts. Is there a world where you can get this done with Jordan Wicks? Uh, in deep leagues, yes. Uh, in shallow leagues, I just don't trust Colorado. And Colorado's actually been swinging the bat, you know, decently. So uh, I would probably avoid it in your 10s and a lot of your 12s. Uh, mm -hmm. But in your 15s, man, you're, you've, you're out of options. Like, there's just very few, like, guys yeah. you can actually turn to right now. I know I'm going to have some uh, scary options uh, this week um, as well. So, like, I, I totally understand rolling with him. I think you probably should roll with him in 15. So. Okay. Jordan Wicks, I, I think I agree with that. Um, as difficult as it is at Arizona, at Colorado, uh, I, it's reversed, at Colorado, at Arizona, I do like the support that he's been getting. And, you know, again, wins, especially if you're chasing wins and you can afford a little ratio heat. I think that makes it even easier to start. If you're the other way where you, where your wins are okay and you, you can't really afford the ratio heat, that's where I would be more cautious, of course, uh, because there is some implosion potential here. So I think your standings have to dictate it. But if we're just working from a, a neutral stance where you can just use pitching, I'm generally interested in Wicks here despite the difficult setup. Ben Lively gets trips to Detroit and the Mets. Uh, we talked about how Detroit's been playing a lot better of late. Uh, the Mets obviously have not had a good season, but they can still get you. Ben Lively outside of Cincy, though, is there enough here for uh, for you to start Ben Lively coming off the IL? <laughs> uh, it, you know, like we talked about, like Braxton Garrett having like two really bad starts. Like you look at Ben Lively, and it's you know, three really three really bad starts, uh, including a thirteen earned one. Out at Chicago, where they just let him get roasted for four innings mm -hmm. uh, to try to save the bullpen. Some um, I, these are good matchups. Like I don't mind it at all in yeah. your in your fifteens, but that's it. Like on tens and twelves, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm doing it. I just don't think he's a very good pitcher. I'm I'm with you there. And interestingly, he's actually had way worse road split. Um, and not just ERA, like the whip has gone from 114 to 149 home to road. These are small samples, 34 innings at home, 42 on the road for Ben Lively. So I don't want to get too bogged down in them. I think you do have to consider it in 15s because it's such a nice setup, uh, but you're taking a lot of risk. And I don't know if you want to sweat those games. I think you might just want those to kind of play out and check them in the morning unless you got the, the Tums handy. Speaking of needing the Tums handy, this guy might even be more of a pain in the ass because I think you have to start Dylan Cease home, at K home against KC and Minnesota. But holy shit, man. Like, I cannot imagine the stomach ulcers that people that have him on their roster have developed this year. He's a 498 ERA and a 148 whip. Maybe you don't have to start him. Maybe, maybe you actually don't. He, he's been even worse than I thought. But what do you think? Dylan Cease, KC, Minnesota, both at home. Are you going for him this week, especially if he's available somewhere? Like, if you could pick him up, would you go out and get Dylan Cease if you're chasing? I mean, here's the thing, too. Like, if you're not going to use him here, like, he is an easy drop this week. Easy cut. 
Yeah. His final two starts are at Boston and home mm-hmm. versus Arizona. So like, like he doesn't even have after this, he doesn't even have an easy start. So, um, I I think a lot of people are going to roll with this one because you get Kansas the City, yeah, like, and, and because of the name, yeah, yeah. But I I think there's a lot to be said for dropping him. Um, and just you know, like he has been just give it up, unreal bad. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I thought there was some downside, but I never thought it was going to be this bad. I never uh, thought. I don't so. even think Nick. You know, we talked yeah. about how Nick was uh, kind of got tabbed as the anti Cease guy last year, and obviously, you know, Cease had a great year, but he talked about how I still have my same concerns, and this is how it went this year. I don't think he saw a five ERA in the near one fifty whip, but that's what forty grade command will get you. The volatility to be a Cy Young candidate, almost a Cy Young winner one year, and then holy shit, uh, should you be rostered in any league the next year? And that's where mm-hmm. Rabbit Dylan sees. I would take damn near everybody we've talked about over him right now, which feels crazy to say, except for Paxton, of course. Yeah, I agree. Brady Singer, your boy. Looks like he'll be facing Cease in one of these. He'll go to the White Sox and then home to Houston. I'm terrified of Houston, so it's probably a no for me. But what do you think about Singer? He's been up and down this year. Has he kept you reeled in at all as far as the future? No, because uh, I draw. I dropped him early in the season in the leagues where I could drop him. Like it's just, uh, you know, he's been helping out my main event competitor a lot of the year. But well, n- not as much blown lately. Up. He's yeah. been blown up recently. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I want to mess with Houston, especially after what they've been doing to uh, some Mm-mm. teams, including the Rangers. Uh, so. Uh, and then he would line up for his final two starts uh, at Houston, at Detroit. So Singer uh, gets back-to-back Houston? Yeah, I, I would just yeah. cut him, too. If, if he's still yeah. somehow on my roster, I'm, I'm not starting him. I'm not picking him up. Hard pass yeah. on Brady Singer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I shouldn't have done this to you. This was rude to do to you. I'm sorry. What about Lance Lynn's bitch ass? Back-to-back. Back-to-back guys. Um, that have Yeah, Sing- Singer to and Lynn back-to-back. That's my- tough. Like you can tell, I've had a really good season because I've been able to survive both Brady Singer and Lance Lynn this year. Yes, um, and you're so, still and in Michael the hunt. Kopech. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Three mega duds, and you all in the AL Central to start the season too. So mm-hmm. you thought, hey, I'm drafting from the AL Central. Yeah. That's where you yeah. get pitching, and three guys just crapped all over your team. Look, look, we thought. We thought the Dodgers fixed them, and I got some pushback on my rank for them. But it was after the Atlanta start, so I was like, come on, you're overreacting to the Atlanta start. I see this one against uh, Miami now, and this is three rough starts with eight homers. Uh, I'm very concerned. He gets Seattle, uh, San Diego and Seattle at home. Do you dare go back to the well with Lance Lynn? Oh, man, I, I I don't know what to do here. Like, um, I... Like it, San Diego is a scary offense to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. And Seattle's been the best team in baseball since the break. Like, I like I don't I don't I think people are missing just how good they've been. Completely uh, agree. Uh, you they know, only know about their pitching. Yeah, it will especially because like they're on the West Coast. They play late games. Like, I think they get kind of overlooked by you know all the other teams that play earlier. Um, I agree. Then, of the West Coast games, you've got, you know, the Giants and the Dodgers, Dodgers. And, like, and the Padres. Like, they, they get a little bit more attention. And, like, and the A's. Realize. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, the A's have been getting a lot of attention. Just oh, they're getting it. attention for yeah. different reasons, yes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think you probably should sit this one. Uh, then you have to cut him. 
Yeah, I'm 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 trying to figure out what his remaining schedule looks like. So it looks like his second start is going to be on Sunday. So that means, uh, let's see. Um, it would, We're talking after the following week. That puts Lynn in line for will be your Giants. The Giants and then at the Rockies. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five. So there, one, two, three, four, five. No, two Giants starts rest of the way. Like maybe he's so not maybe, a cut. Maybe like, not an automatic cut. By the way, it's at Seattle. I messed that up. It's San Diego and at Seattle. I don't know if that changes your outlook or anything, but uh, just, uh, just for the sake of. of, of I may end up having correct. a role with them just because of my options in a 15. So like he's not completely off the table. There, there's um, a world where you bench and hold. Right. Yeah. We talk about how to start is a litmus test. If you can't start him, maybe you got to cut him. There is a world where I would hold Lance Lynn here, see how it goes. Only and then maybe 15. take two San Francisco. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 15s only. And then maybe hang on for the two San Francisco starts. Yeah. Yep. If your win's chasing, I think you kind of have to start him. I agree. You know, I, I keep bringing it up as a huge wins chaser. I would probably start him as difficult as that is to say obviously if you're protecting ratios and you need wins then you have to do some math you have to balance it how much will a six era kill me or anything like that if even if i get two wins you know so do some of that math it's a very difficult decision with lance the hard part is over his last three starts how many strikeouts do you think he has is eight homers does he have more homers than strikeouts yes oh my god six no Less, fewer than six. He has Four? three. He has one. Oh my start. god! So you're not even getting strikeouts. You really just win seeking. He's got one at win least, in his last three. At least um, you were getting the K's with the White Sox, right? Like he was. Yeah. He had a big K rate. Yeah, that is oof. He he's had four 10 plus K games, including a 16 K game at Seattle. So how worried? Oh man, I did not realize it was one K per. Yeah, at Boston, home to Atlanta, at Miami. So you can't even just say it's opponents. In, in that time, in those three starts, he's given up twenty-four hits, jeez, um, in six walks. So like, it's it's brutal. Like you are literally legitimately only using him for wins. So like, if okay, you, you don't, don't need, have to, you don't if have you don't to don't for need wins. wins. Yeah, if you don't need wins, like he is a drop. I think that's it. I think that's it. If you're desperate for wins and you're just hail Mary marrying it, go for it with Lynn and yep. you know, good luck. Uh, otherwise it's a cut. I agree. I, I don't even think you necessarily need to hold through that San Diego that to see about those San Francisco starts. Yeah. Okay. So that was a ride there with Lynn. We went, we went through the, uh, through the ringer there. I did not realize he had three freaking K's. Another guy you got to get the antacids out for if you're going to do anything like this. I think it's a no because of the second start, but I'll ask anyway. Yeah. Edward Cabrera at Milwaukee and home to Atlanta. Can you possibly risk Atlanta with anybody no. who isn't an ace, ace, ace right now? Okay. Yeah. Even I mean, aces, like, I mean, even aces, I would try to avoid it, but yeah. like, you know, there's if it's like, on the heels like of a two stop. There's like four pitchers that I would even yeah. risk Atlanta right now. Like, I mean, yep. no Bobby I mean, Miller had a really good start against them, but like at this point, like they are just top to bottom, like the best team in. They're terrifying. Yeah. Zach Wheeler against Atlanta, one start this week. You starting him? Yeah, I think so. he I makes think the list for me. I think, I think he makes the list. My boy Christopher Sanchez. I'm gonna have to. You got to bench him. You have to. He, bench him. he gets him twice in a row. Oh, you, you got to drop him probably. You have to, cons I think you can consider it. Yeah. Um, 
sucks. I love Sanchez. They're going to spoil his nice second half ERA. Too. I mean, it's actually the ERA hasn't been that great. I think it's like a 380, but like with a really good whip. Uh, love Sanchez for the second half. And he's panned out nicely, but these two starts are very terrifying. Anyway, uh, Edward Cabrera, no go there. Jose Quintana, Arizona and Cincinnati at home. This is a full yes for me. I love Quintana. Uh, I have him. I'm hoping I can get at least one win here, if not both. Come on, Mets. Hit, for God's sakes. But both at home, uh, I think he's viable even in 10s, you know, depending on what sort of... He's not a must start in 10s, but, like, he's on the table to stream. I like Jose Quintana. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I know it's only been 54 innings, but he's only given up one home run this year. And he was excellent last year, too, right? Like, this is a continuation. I just think Quintana's good. He just has to stay upright. And at 34, that's not a guarantee. He's healthy right now. He's good to go. I'm starting him. Absolutely. Carlos Rodon and Clark Schmidt. We talked about Rodon at the outset of the show. At Boston, at Pittsburgh. So you got the one up, one down kind of appeal there. Schmidt's probably an easy yes, at least a consideration in all formats, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I, and honestly, I think Rodon is too. Like, I, I think you, know, you have to, even after the crushing, right, against yeah. Detroit. I, I yeah, I think you, that's the right decision. Um, and let's see. I want to see what they're going to finish out with. Uh, if my computer will. Well, yeah, while you're looking it. that up, I'll point out that. But prior to this crushing by uh, uh, by the Tigers of Rodon, which by the way, I think they have a decent historical record against him. That might be anecdotal. I can look that up. But I feel I remember a few times uh, that they've really gotten to Rodon. Remember, he was in the a- a- AL Central quite a bit there with the White Sox. Anyway, three starts before that, he'd given up one, two, and two. Uh, it was mm-hmm. a 287 ERA and 15 and two thirds, only 12 Ks, but uh, three walks. He'd looked a lot better. The Tigers just ran him up yesterday eight hits seven runs almost everybody that got on scored so he got babbipped a bit i think you go back to the well with rodon here at boston at pittsburgh what do they got coming after that yeah so schmidt's gonna have uh, home versus arizona and then at kansas city and then rodon okay. is gonna have at toronto at kansas city um, i think they're pretty much in the lineup the rest yeah. of the way i think you know if rodon sucks this week you don't have to do toronto next week but but you want him for the last week in kansas city exactly so yeah i think i think you're hanging on to these guys you're starting them in a lot of spots uh carlos Rodon and clark schmidt taiwan walker has atlanta atlanta and at st louis that's a no i love taiwan i cannot do that that's far too scary um no just don't do it we don't need to belabor that andre jackson how about andre jackson dude i don't think he's getting nearly enough run of course he's in minnesota in pittsburgh totally hidden reliever who's just kind of starting here down the stretch but he's looked pretty good and with pittsburgh in 29 innings four of which have been coming via the start it's a 434 era which doesn't knock your socks off but it's a 110 whip with a strikeout per inning uh and he's looked pretty pretty solid he did get beat up by milwaukee last time out five walks so that you know once he lost the control it got away from him but the three starts before that were really solid kc he looked excellent the cubs he held his own six innings two runs only two k's but he did well there and then a trip to minnesota four and a third two runs six k's andre jackson gets washington and the yankees at home where is he a consideration for you if anywhere i think at 15s he's definitely a consideration uh but then he's an easy drop he finishes at cincinnati and at philadelphia oh yeah. so i think you 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 kind of you say thank you for your service and then he's gone so yep. whatever you would do in a pretty nice two-step with a guy that has you know mediocre skills at best uh standard so, streamer here yeah exactly 
I think he's in consideration for 12s, depending on what's available. Not mm-hmm. at the top of the list, but certainly on the board. I like some of the things that Andre, Andre Jackson's done, but don't get too carried away with it, especially because Washington doesn't strike out either. So he might have another good start, but it could be another like 2K type of start as well. So be careful there. Uh, Pedro Avila is pitching for the Padres here. He has the Dodgers, which is basically Atlanta. But the reason I still put him on the board at Oakland, do you dare take you know, this is as disparate as you can get at the Dodgers at Oakland. Pedro Vila coming off six and two thirds scoreless against Philadelphia last time out. He got cooked by your Giants to start before that, cooked by Milwaukee to start before that. So one gem, two duds. Any chance you're starting a Vila here with the worst team and the best team, or at no. least one of the best teams? Okay. Even Too even scary. in his good start, he walked six. I thought that was six strikeouts. No, that one, one strikeout, strikeout six, six walks. walks. That's fair. A one eighteen Babbitt in that game. Yeah, that that'll that'll help. Yeah, I I think the Dodgers start could kill any potential of what Pedro Vila could do at Oakland. I agree. Yeah. It's just too risky. Uh, Dakota Hudson gets a trip to Baltimore and then hosts Philly. When he's on and the defense is you know getting the ball or right hit right to him, things are going well. Is there is there a world where you're starting him here. He's volatile with his with his skills. Like he doesn't strike out many. Uh, he can allow a few bombs for a ground ball guy. But when he's on, he can look pretty darn good. And you saw that against Pittsburgh. And of course, you wouldn't have started him at Atlanta. So there's no worries mm-hmm. there. You wouldn't have started him at Philly either. So then the Pittsburgh Mets and Oakland starts have all been great. He gets a decently difficult start. Uh, Two step here though with at Baltimore and Philly. Uh, at Baltimore hosting Philly, he's starting Dakota Hudson anywhere. No. Just flat out no. Okay. No. The I think that's is, fair. The ups, the lack of strikeouts means the upside is so limited. Because you uh, have to win. You have to get wins, yeah. And, and, and like, you can't count on that here. You've got Baltimore, who's been the best team in the AL East, and Philadelphia, who's been, like, you know, the second best team in the in the NL East. Uh, yeah. Like, I no, I don't think that that's means. fair. No, you're, you're right. You're right. I I don't think so either. Um, even if one of these is a gem, I'm just not sure it's there. Because like, like you said, you have to rely so much on getting dubs. And I'll point this out too, as we did with Avila. Even in his great start here, Pittsburgh, seven innings, one run, zero case for Dakota Hudson. <laughs> like, yep. come on. Uh, the Texas two-step here, Nady Evaldi and Max Scherzer. They get at Toronto and at Cleveland. I did not expect to have these guys on a are you starting them list or not, but Ivaldi off the IL got cooked. Scherzer looks like hell right now. Who? Which of these two are you starting and where are you starting them? At Toronto, at Cleveland. Man, I think they're in consideration to not start in 10s and some 12s, but in 15s, like you just have to roll with it, especially getting at Cleveland which is not an offense you're worried about at all. But, like, yeah, this is not one you're going to feel particularly good about uh, when you go to set your lineups uh, on Monday morning. Um, you know, the velocity for um, for Ivaldi is still down, uh, so that's pretty scary. I think if I if I was going to start one, I'm starting Scherzer. Um, but I, in 15s, like, you don't have options. I keep saying it like, you know, like yeah. you don't, you don't have good options. So if you um, are fortunate enough to have a world where you have a deep enough staff and you can sit one of these guys, good on you. But most people in 15s just don't. I think you got to ride with these two. They were studs throughout the year. I know Scherzer looks like hell right now. 
I don't know. It's, it's got to be so hard, but I think you got to you got to push the button yeah. on both. I, I think I'm I'm going for both. Uh, all right, and then Josiah Gray finishing it off at Pittsburgh at Milwaukee. Another Justin Mason favorite here. Who you know all. Of Oh, I think this is still a nice growth year, but it kind of it kind of lost some of its shine over the summer. The 413 ERA is definitely nice, but a 150 whip, 150. Uh, that gets a bit hidden by the decent ERA for deep leagues. Uh, make sure you're understanding the pain that a 150 whip is doing for you. Do you start Josiah Gray here, though? At Pittsburgh, at Milwaukee is not a bad two-step. It's a great two-step. The problem is, is he going to even go deep enough to qualify for a win? You know, last two starts, he went two innings and four innings. Um, and there were talks that he wasn't even going to make his last start because he was pitching so poorly. We're going to skip him. Um, yep. I, I think there's an I think there's a chance he doesn't even get both of these starts. Uh, so I, it's a no for me um, unless you are in NL only. Um, like he's probably getting dropped for me this weekend in the league's 15 team. If you still got, got him. him. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I, with I, that. I'd say no. I'm with that. I think it's too risky. Uh, the upside just isn't nearly enough either for me with regards to Josiah Gray. So, all right, there's two steps. Good luck out there, folks. It's not going to be easy. Uh, I wish everyone the best with their two-step decisions because it's just so much pain, more painful to like make a decision and have it go against you at this time of the year. Cause obviously mm -hmm. there's just less time to make up for it. Like we know how it goes in crunch time. So every decision feels like the weight of the world is on it. Uh, but go out there, you, you do your best process and you, and you see where the ball lands, right? Cause we can only control so much. And sometimes your Spencer striders are going to get cooked. And sometimes, you know, your, your random waiver pickup is going to hit four homers in a week type deal. And yep. that's just how it is down the stretch. Um, and good luck to everyone. Justin, you are on the verge of an excellent, I think you're, I, I actually, I shouldn't say on the verge. You're going to have an excellent, excellent season, no matter what. And last year you yeah, had one of your toughest not, not, Knocking on wood right now. Um, but yeah, you are, you are looking strong. We're, we'll actually talk a lot about it at the end. Cause I want to decompress mm -hmm. with that. Cause like, again, you were really tough on yourself after a bad year last year. Now here you are in the mix of so many things. We'll talk about it at the end of the year though. Are you and just Jason getting together on Sunday? I hope so. Uh, okay. couldn't do it the last couple weekends. So hopefully if not, I will get, um, like, yeah, so I'll check with him, uh, uh, today to make sure. Ping me on, uh, what you're doing and what the plans are. Jen's going camping this weekend okay. with her friend, Emily. So I'm, I'm kind of, kind of bacheloring it up this weekend. So maybe I'm available for, for a Sunday pod. Just let me know. But All until right. then I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.